on a couple of current events, and I, I, I want to know what people think about this article. It came from ChristianHeadlines.com, and uh, it's about a 71-year-old woman named Ruth Ann and her late husband, Les. They attended Michiana Christian Embassy in Niles, Michigan for years. Though they occasionally attended services in person, in November they contracted COVID-19. And Ruth Ann is talking and she's saying, he went in first, then I started having symptoms, so then they put me in the hospital, and then they sent me home, and several days later, her husband died. And she said she was able to see him before he died, so now we're at the funeral, and Reverend Jeff Whitaker led the funeral at the church, which was taped, and he said, we don't disrespect Les. He died of COVID because he was weak. He had no faith, the, the reverend said during the service. And Les's granddaughter and stepson took offense to the statement and posted the video to Facebook, garnering hundreds of comments and shares. He gave an exceptional memorial for my husband, and there were quite a few people there, Ruth Ann told the news. I think that was their form of grief, and I love them dearly and understand where they're coming from, but it's caused me a lot of grief, she said. She told media outlets that the family members do not attend the church, nor did they understand her pastor. I listened to the sermon, and it was taken out of context. It was uplifting and encouraging, and nothing bad was said about my husband, she said. Another member of the church said their pastor is tongue-in-cheek and sometimes says things blatantly not true to get a point across. She defended... Reverend Whitaker saying that he cared for Les and would never blame him for his death. Ruth Ann also praised the church for helping to rebuild her marriage when she and Les were on the verge of a divorce. My husband was dedicated to the church and it would hurt him to know that this was going on. He's a good, he was a good man. Our nation is divided, but tension between the church? No. So what do you think of that comment that the pastor made? Well, I, I'm thinking, I mean, a lot of things into my head, but I guess the, the main one is, why would he bring that up at a funeral? You know, even if it, even if it was true, so say he 
knew the person and he basically felt like that the Lord was telling him this or this is some revelation that he received from God or, or whatever. I still don't know why he would have done that at the funeral. I mean, there's a time and place. There's a time to mourn. See, there's a time to rejoice and there's a time to mourn. And he said, you know, if a person is mourning, you mourn with them. So, and you know, uh, if you, they're rejoicing, you rejoice with them. Why would he select that particular time? To say that he had no faith, right. and that's why he died. Why he died, you know, at a funeral. I mean, to me, the, the to me it was inappropriate in that respect. The other thing is that I I could see where if she said if the wife didn't see anything wrong with it, there has to be something that was uh, basically shared as far as an experience, a relationship between the pastor, her husband, and herself. That's that's what I'm thinking because she didn't take offense to it. Now, what does the world do? They put everything out there on Facebook. <laughs> Who do I, what do I care? <laughs> if Facebook uh, participants are saying, oh, that's crying shame. You know, the Lord said, know them that labor among you. And so, you know, they don't labor with them. So there's no, there's no fellowshipping with the uh, people, uh, friends on Facebook. You know, that to me is kind of odd. But I could see where a person was, would probably, if they're coming, observing from the outside, looking in, might take offense, you know, might get insulted. You know, I mean, not the biblical sense of offense. Well, I think people could get the wrong idea of uh, her husband. I mean, people that are attending the church, they don't know the pastor, obviously, and maybe they, they're just acquaintances with the family, they could get the wrong idea. You know, like, what does he mean? What does he mean he didn't have a lack of faith? What was he doing? What, why wouldn't he have faith? Why did he go to church if he didn't have faith? Right. It was just why I'm saying that maybe it's the, the timing of it and even the, even the platform to say something like that at a funeral. To me, I, I, I don't know... If it edified, that's what I'm, you know, because you do things to edify, to build up and not to tear down. And, you know, like some of the brethren said, it could be your time. Yes, it could be your time. It could be, um, it could be a person's, like, if they petition God because of the circumstances and how the circumstances make them feel, if they really, is, like, if you're going through that, and you know the circumstances of going through that and you can't bear it, maybe that person requested to, to God and said, I can't take it no more. I can't deal with it no more. I'd just rather be home with you, Lord, and if you don't heal me from it. Or, Lord, I'd just rather be home with you. And the Lord said, okay, I'll honor it. I'll grant it. And then that can be, that it can be solved like that. But just to say that, you know, he's, he just got lack of faith. He had no faith. That's insensitive. And then that's like you trying to put somebody on blast about how weak they may be in their faith and stuff instead of, you know, using that moment to mourn and to uplift and to comfort and to show, you know, sympathy and empathy. He, he just picked the wrong time and the wrong moment to do that. Sometimes people... Uh... They say the wrong thing. They might say good things at a funeral, and then when they uh, 
they might say good things at a funeral when they lived a bad life. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So now you have a saint. And then you say, you know, oh, well, he was weak in the faith. That's why he died. Now, unless the Lord gave him some type of revelation. See, that, that, that's what I'm thinking, you know, if, if the Lord did. But somebody said, well, he's a tongue-in-cheek kind of uh, pastor. So, you know, like, you know, he just says things off the top of his head, not, not gauging how it will affect, which is not good. Because the Lord says, you know, you have to be able to bridle your tongue. You know, you just can't just say whatever comes up. And the first thing to enter into your head or in your, in your mind, because he said a fool utters all their thoughts, you know. So when it comes to having discretion with the tongue, he tells the person you have to be discreet, you know. You have to have wisdom, you know. So I just thought it's strange. I can't say what he got of the Lord. I can't say what he uh, got from the Lord. I can't say if the Lord told him to say this at a funeral. I just, without having the Lord tell me, this just speaks me, in my opinion, I just think there was an odd time to point out some, what you consider to be somebody's weakness after they've gone on to be with the Lord. Because regardless, like the Lord said, if everything is burned up, if the foundation is still there, he said, yet his soul shall be saved because the foundation is still there. So that, to me, is worth rejoicing over. That, to me, is worth praising God about. So, so even if his work is destroyed, like the Lord says, by fire, yet if he's saved, then he has eternal life, and that's rejoicing. Then we rejoice and we, we mourn the fact that we won't have him anymore, but I just think that's just, it was just so, to me, different. Well, two things come to my mind. It's like, I wonder what's going to happen to him. How is he going to die? <laughs> you know, is he going to die um, from some disease or, or, or sickness or, or whatever? And does that mean that he has a lack of faith? Right. Maybe a lot of people teach that. You know, some, some people do teach that. If you're ill or something and you don't get healed, it's because you lack faith. But that's not scripture. That's not scripture, because you can have faith. I tell people all the time, you have to know what the will of God is. You have to know. It's not like you're going to live forever, because you're going to want to leave here. I don't care what you do. <laughs> right. That's <laughs> right. And you're right. Unless you're in the end times and you're going to get translated, you're going to And then here. how do you know that it's not the person's time? Like right. somebody was saying, right. you don't know if it's their time that God right. said, this is your appointed time to die. Right, which is what I'm saying. I don't know if he got some type of revelation from the Lord or just he was trying to impress people or to make a point. I don't know. It just seems like an odd thing to do. But what, what I do see is that the wife did not take offense to it. Right. It's like everybody took offense to it but her. <laughs> <laughs> and, and usually that's... Well, people coming to a funeral, you don't know the church. You right. don't know the pastor. You know, right. you don't know all the members of the church, so I suppose. Right. But it would perk my ears up. Mm -hmm. I would have to tell I would have to go to the pastor and, and say, Why did you say it that way? Why did you have to do it that way so publicly? Why couldn't you have told me that? Or you know Maybe he did. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, moving on to another um, article uh, that I found. And 
It's talking about genetic experimentation on humans and animals. And I don't know how the Lord feels about all this, but there was a recent article published in the scientific journal Cell, and it recently announced the successful creation of a human-animal hybrid. Now, that means it's animal and human. <laughs> what, what type of animal? Researchers at the Salk Institute took pig embryos and implanted human stem cells, pluripotent stem cells, or cells that can produce any kind of body tissue into the pig embryos. Believe it or not, attempts to genetically cross humans with animals in various forms and to various degrees date back at least 20 various years. Various forms, various degrees, because they're giving you the impression that uh, you've got a, an actual hybrid. But, I mean, they grow body parts. They grow your ears off of, <laughs> out of, off of pigs. They graft certain body parts onto animals and, and grow them. So, so I don't know what this, they're talking about. Uh, this team of 40 researchers worked more than four years to create their pig, human-pig chimeric, which is a mixture of parts of various animals, an organism that contains cells from two different species. Uh -huh. And previously, the same team created rat mice chimerics by using the gene editing technology CRISPR to hack into mouse blastocysts. Okay, well, when they come up with, uh, with pigmen, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, then, then I'll be interested. But as far as what they've done so far, like they, like they said, they've done this uh, multiple times throughout generations. And, uh, there, there are similarities in flesh that God has put to me, as far as I can tell, across all, all living organisms that are tied to this earth. There's uh, some type of, I don't know, some type of connection, some type of a, of a, a foundation. You know, they'll tell you that there's a, that we're 95% uh, compatible with, with an ape. You know, or a monkey, or well, whatever. La just last year, Japanese and German scientists spliced human genes into the brains of monkey fetuses. And we'll never know if these monkeys would have taken over the earth like the planet of the apes. <laughs> because they were aborted. Those, uh, they uh, aborted them. I uh, don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I still, I, you know, I, the fact that you can con contaminate or you can splice. Uh, you can graft. To me, that's not the same as, like the Lord said, tell me how the bones are formed in the womb, which man still can't do to this day. You know, so tell me that. You know, you give me an embryo where they started from nothing and created something that was a combination of different genetic makeup. Then I would say, well, okay. But you take what God has created and you just sort of put a puzzle together <laughs> and you just say, well, I got some cells here, some cells there. That does not in impress me. I mean, maybe it impresses some people. Maybe it took them a, uh, four years to get to it, but. But to they're me, trying. That, that's, yeah, they, and they're th trying. They're trying. And to me, it's just 
for what? It's just wasting energy. Just to see if they can do something, I guess. Like build the Tower of Babel, just, like, just to see if they can reach heaven. I mean, didn't they... I mean, they were trying to do something in Jurassic Park. You know, the stuff that they right. make movies out of. You yeah, know? they're still talking about, uh, they, they found some um, prehistoric, what they said were prehistoric eggs, and they were trying to revitalize them. They, you know, they, I mean, in, in actual scientific world, so-called, you know, so I, that does not impress me because the Lord said that they would seek to try to change. No, it impressed me enough to want to talk about it. You know, no, I mean, they, I'm not impressed with them. I mean, I, it, it, it's, it's like because, because God said that they would seek to try and change these things, you know. And so I don't, I'm, I don't admire them for it. I don't, I don't think that they're uh, geniuses because of it. I just think that they're that they're foolish. Like the Lord said, they dabble in those things that they have no knowledge of. And, some of, of those and, and, I, and I think some of them just want to see if they can do it. Right. If they can. You know, just like Dolly, the cloned sheep. Remember her? Yeah, but you see, you know, I know the man they has, called it a success, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they... Uh, how, how can it be? If you... if Unless they started from nothing, I would have said, well, you know, I, I'm impressed, uh, you know, with... With that, I am, even though my being impressed means nothing to the Lord, but the fact that they had to start out with some, they said they stripped the DNA out of whatever the egg was or whatever, you can't strip all of it because if it's still an egg, it's still got some DNA. It retained its function as an egg, so they could not have just stripped it of everything. So what man calls a success and what they tell us is uh, the uh, creation, I take it with a grain of salt because the Lord said that they would do these things. He said they would attempt it and they will deceive themselves. That's how I look at it. They'll actually deceive themselves. Mm -hmm. Some of these experiments are going to be on um, Sven Gulli. <laughs> uh -huh. You know how he has all these uh, scary things on TV about... Um, Frankenstein and planting yeah. heads on right. different people. Uh -huh. And, you know, a bolt of lightning coming down and giving life, a bolt of lightning coming down is going to fry you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous. But Well, I want to move on with a little bit of scripture here. And I was thinking about Second uh, Chronicles chapter 25, the first nine verses. And the reason why is because I'm thinking about the, the world now in the state of this pandemic and how people have lost their businesses, they've lost their jobs, they, people have lost their homes, they've lost a lot, you know, and they're wondering, how am I going to get back on my feet? And then, there, then there's a group of people who are thinking, now we're in the middle of this pandemic and I wasted all my money before and... And I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, those are people who are consciously trying to make a living. I mean, we're talking about people who want to work, people who have a desire to work, because there are a bunch of lazy folks out there. No, that's true. But, you know, there are people uh, that want to work and want to do the right thing right. and are saved. And, and they've made some foolish financial errors in their, and lost their savings doing it mm -hmm. or lost a lot 
-hmm. you know, and I ran across this, artic this article, <laughs> I ran across the scripture mm -hmm. in Second Chronicles chapter 25. Second Chronicles chapter 25, verses 1 through 9. Amaziah was 20 and 5 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 20 and 9 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jehoadon of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. Now it came to pass when the kingdom was established to him, that he slew his servants that had killed the king, his father. But he slew not their children, but did as it was written in the law, in the book of Moses, where the Lord commanded, saying, The father shall not die for the children, neither shall the children die for the fathers, but every man shall die for his own sin. Moreover, Amaziah gathered Judah together and made them captains over thousands and captains over hundreds according to the houses of their fathers, throughout all Judah and Benjamin. And he numbered them from 20 years old and above, and found them 300,000 choice men, able to go forth to war, that could handle spear and shield. He hired also in 100,000 mighty men of valor out of Israel for in 100 talents of silver. But there came a man of God to him, saying, O king, let not the army of Israel go with thee, for the Lord is not with Israel, to wit, with all the children of Ephraim. But if thou wilt go, do it. Be strong for the battle. God shall make thee fall before the enemy. For God hath power to help and to cast down. And as Amaziah said to the man of God, but what shall we do for the hundred talents which I have given to the army of Israel? And the man of God answered, The Lord is able to give thee much more than this. Amen. So he, he planned this without, I, I don't know, he just planned this uh, to go to war, paid these men, I don't know how much that would be in our day now, but he gave them a hundred talents, and that was a lot of men, thousands and hundreds. And, and the Lord says, you can go if you want to. You can go if you want to, but God's not with. The man of God said, go ahead, but God's not going to be with you. You're going to fall. You're not going to make it. So then Amaziah turned around and said to the man of God, but what am I going to do with all that money that I gave to the army of Israel? What am I going to do? That's just a waste of money. How am I going to recoup that? I can't ask them back for that money. And the man of God said, the Lord is able to give thee much more than this. Much more than this. Well, the army... You know, he, Amaziah told the people that, you know, go ahead, go home. But they were mad. Even though they got paid, <laughs> they were mad. Yeah, it was a matter of honor to say, well, we're not going to go up to battle with you because God said he's not pleased with you. And if we go to battle with you with us, we're going to lose. <laughs> but what struck me is this verse 9. 
where the man of God said, God is able to give you much more than this. So if you're worried about where you're going to get your money, why did, why did you spend it on this? Why did you... Why should, didn't you save it? Why didn't you change your ways before you had time? Why, why, why? What's going to happen to me? Remember that God is able to give you much more than you lost, much more than you wasted. God is able to give you much more. He's going to turn around and restore right. you. He's able to do this, although you have to believe that he's going to do it. You can't just sit there and cry about it and and you know, right. beat yourself up over it. I, I mean, you can do I've it, but you, it. but it won't profit you anything. I've done it, and it doesn't help. It doesn't make no. me get recover what I've lost. It doesn't doesn't work that way. But the thought I want to leave with you today is that God is able to give you much more than whatever you have wasted, whatever you have lost, whatever you have. You, you don't have your health, God is able to restore it. You don't have the money, God is able to restore it. You don't have a job, God is able to restore your job. God is better. He's able to give you, it doesn't say just restore, just give you back what you lost, much more than this. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Now ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, Shortly after the day of Pentecost, how many people did Peter baptize all in one day? And the answer is about 3,000 souls. And that answer can be found in Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 41. Verse 38 reads, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 41 says, Then they gladly received his word, were, then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. This week's food for thought is, What will the Lord hold while he's helping you. Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought. I'm sure making a lot of noise. I know. Up. I was thinking, what is that? I thought, I I thought it was over there. Off the building. I was like, what in the world is that? I know it's just up, uh, us up here. Right. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping there wouldn't be a bunch of mice coming out storming at us. <laughs> I thought, is it raining? Is it snowing? 